Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode with Returning to Your Soul. And in this episode, Benedicte Mella is with us. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi. So, Benedicte Mella, you are a part of our team in Returning to Your Soul, and we are so happy to have you with us. Please just share a, a little bit about yourself, um, who, <laughs> yeah, who you are, where you live. It's exciting where you live yes, at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my name is Benedicte, and I live uh, at the moment in Kenya. That's very exciting. And um, I live there with my husband and three children. And But I'm from Norway, and I was raised in Hamar, and I spent half my life in Oslo before we went to Kenya. Yes. Yes, that's true. And you have been a part of a lot of interesting projects, and yeah, in Oslo and different places. Please share a little bit about what have you been working with before and what have you been a part of church-wise or organization-wise? Yeah, so uh, since I came to Oslo uh, in the early 2000s, I've been a part of uh, Philadelphia Kirken Oslo, which is a, a large congregation there. Uh, I worked there full-time for nine years. Then uh, we felt a shift and God called us to uh, resign our jobs and start doing some of the things that he had put on our hearts. And those things, um, some of those things were helping to plant another church in Oslo, i Mishirken Kollektive. And there was a conference called One Thing Europe. It's a long story in itself, but it was in the Viking ship, a huge Olympic venue in Hamar in Norway. And also we started to do, uh, I've been uh, teaching in a Bible school uh, for those years in that church. And we started to do teaching online instead. So those are some of the things we've been involved with in Norway. And the online course, because I also have been following these online courses and it's I Am Burning Right, so yes. people can find you there. But what are you doing in the project in um, returning to your soul? Yes, w- like what am I doing? What yeah, is what is your role? role? Or what are <laughs> yeah, I'm a part of the visionary team. So um, a lot of times God uh, gives me a part of you know a vision, and I get to be a part of recruiting others and and sharing the vision. Uh, and helping you know to see it fulfilled so I guess that's my main role in the team and uh, right now I get to travel with the team Uh, I've come to Norway from Kenya to be on the tour and go and share the vision yeah so yeah and we have been around in uh, different places in Norway and in Oslo and Jøvik Fredrikstad and now we are in yeah, Levanger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you also have uh, lived here before, or I haven't lived here, but we have. This is a prayer center, a Nordic prayer center. It's called Nordic Mission, and um, we have. It's like a, an oasis for us, like a place where we love to come and just spend time with the Lord. So uh, we we come here a lot to for conferences and. Uh, different teaching assignments but also just to be with the lord and be with good friends so yeah yeah and now we are coming to the end of uh, our tour uh, our mobilization tour and it's been amazing to travel with you benedicta you are such a beam of light 
Is that true? <laughs> it's amazing to travel with you too, Marella. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, but Benedicta, can you share a little bit about one thing, the one thing conference that you were leading in the Viking ship um, in Hamar? Because that was two years ago. And that was just such an amazing conference. Yeah. Yes, so we um, experienced this uh, really long journey up until the conference for like seven years. So I'm not going to share all of that. But maybe I can share some of the parts that has to do with this project that we're doing right now. And um, part of that has to do with the conference was held in a venue that uh, is an upside down Viking ship. And we believe that the reason why it was there is not because we thought that we needed the largest venue uh, around, but it was because of a strategic position that we felt the Lord was highlighting that it has a prophetic significance. And before that, we uh, like for years, we had seen in our in our spirits, in our inner minds, we had seen um, ships, all uh, different uh, visions of ships. And the first one was uh, this huge ship that uh, was going through the history of time, like all of the times in history. And we could see that it, the goal was Jesus, his face. And what we were doing on the ship, we were trying to get as many people as possible on board. And also uh, I saw the different seasons. I didn't see all of them, but at the end I saw that there was war. But then we f- we came to the to the face of Jesus, which was the goal of the journey. Also, uh, we kept seeing ships going out of the nation of Norway. So uh, just seeing from the coast of Norway ships going out all the time, and eventually I started to connect the dots between like this or with the the this nation's calling as an as a nation that we are a missionary sending nation. And in history, we have been like the world's most missionary sending nation per capita. And uh, we're not now, but I think that it's in our DNA as a nation that we are blessed to be a blessing and we're supposed to send out missionaries. And so this was has been a prayer and something that was also driving this conference that we were doing. And then there was another vision uh, that had to do with ships and uh, it was actually a question from the Lord where I felt he he asked why is or why are the Norwegians not going out into the boats and and uh, when I had this question I also saw uh, ropes like black ropes that were holding the people and I felt like we were being bound to life in this world And this is uh, for Christians, like we are not supposed to be bound to live life just for the system or for what we uh, think that we have to do or to gain our money and have our comfort and live for our own family's sake. Uh, But it was like we were bound and uh, I believe that the Lord is calling us uh, believers in this nation and throughout the nations to throw off these ropes and not live for our our own comfort, our own sakes, or even for Jesus uh, uses the term for worries, riches, and um, what is the last one? The the desires of this life, something like that, uh, in a parable of the sower. And uh, we're not supposed to just be living for for riches or even for worries, the things that we think we have to do, uh, but we are 
free or we're supposed to be free to follow Jesus wherever he leads. If it's uh, to the neighbor next door or if it's to the end of the world, if it's on a ship going to Israel, uh, we are free to actually follow him. There's nothing we can't say like, I can't do it because of this or that or I have to you know, do all these other things because God is our Lord and we can actually follow him. So uh, that's also something I see in this in this project in Returning to Yorshal, that it's like a physical manifestation of some of these things that we have carried in our spirits for years, having to do with missions, like going out of the nation, going to the nations of Europe and going back to Israel with the gospel. And the... Uh, uh, recruiting or uh, empowering a young generation to go to actually be sent um, yeah something like that that's <coughs> that's so that's so good and I think it's a message that we really need in our time and how can we know that we are bound you know yeah I guess you know whenever there is an excuse, uh, w- if we feel that the Lord is actually calling on us, or we feel like it's stirring, or we think that I believe that you know He has put something in my heart, but then we have a different answer than yes. We have like yeah, but um, I have work to do, or but I need to stay here because of. I mean, for us, it was like child support. Like you have this system where you get money for your children if you're in the system. And if we left to Kenya on the word of God and um, if we lost some of that support and that would be a good reason to say like, we can't do it. It's not possible because we don't have, then we'll lose the system. We'll lose the money. Or And I think that everything that we have as an answer, except uh, yes, Lord, is actually a sign that there's something else that is binding us or that is holding us or that we are resting in except from him yeah and i was thinking about like the conference one thing so that struck me one thing what is the one thing yeah the word one thing it it, uh, occurs several times in scripture and one of my favorite places is in psalm 27 uh, verse verse I think four through seven, where David says, one thing have I desired. And this is the king of Israel at the time who has all the riches. He can have anything that he wants. And he's he's like, he says, yeah, all of that's nice. But one thing have I desired. And one thing have I asked of the Lord to see his glory, to dwell in his temple. And so it's like um, our desire more than anything else is actually him. And then there's another one, which is also a favorite, and that's uh, the story of Mary, the one who was wasting her time or and her uh, riches at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus says um, to her sister that she was worrying about all these different things. And he says, like, you are worrying about so many things, but Mary has chosen the one thing that is needed. And so Jesus is saying, there is one thing that is needed, and that is to spend time at my feet, and that is to listen to my words, and to waste even your riches, like she was doing with her ointment, uh, on him. So the one thing is Jesus. So how has that been in your life? Has it always been easy to you know be like a Mar- like Mary to go in front of him and 
use time and give all the glory or all the time to him like you mentioned like you know just your example of like it cost you something your family to be led by the lord right now money wise but how has it been like when you was younger like was there any turning point in your life where it was like where this became very important for you okay yeah um i think i have had the blessing of since a, uh, a very early age i was in circumstances around me that made me kind of introverted somehow um in the school there was there was no girls in my class there were things like that that made me like a little bit lonely but it drew me towards seeking god so actually from an early age i would read my bible in my room i would uh, pray and write poems to god like from an early age so there has been like uh, for some different reasons maybe also painful reasons but they were drawing me towards god which is always worth it i think But of course, it's not easy. It's not something that I think is easy. It's, there are always everything that is drawing on us and taking our attention. And I think for me, my most, I mean, my biggest challenge when it comes to spending time with Jesus these days, I would say is my phone. It's not, it's not more holy or special <laughs> than that. It's, I think it's a thing that we all struggle with in, in this age. It's our phone. It's what I have in my hand at all times and it has uh, made my uh, my ability to concentrate uh, it has lessened it and it has made it w more difficult to stay in one place and have one focus in a prolonged time and i think that's a challenge that i'm struggling with right now and so i'm working i'm working to keep my ability to spend time at jesus's feet for a long time at, at a time and to enjoy that and not be distracted or feel like i should go and check something on my phone or yeah i guess that's um that's a common challenge in these days it is and we really miss out on the one thing like the one that the source of life mm. and i i think it's really easy to miss out on really like the quality time you can have with jesus like what do you think we miss out on Yeah, yeah, that is so much. It's like everything is found there. Everything that we long for. I mean, what can we really find scrolling on an app on our phone? We can find no satisfaction and we can find no answer and we only feel more miserable or we compare ourselves or we, you know, that it's not giving us anything. And what we're longing for and what we need is found there at Jesus's feet. So it's really... It's really terrible. It's a, such a bad substitute. And still, it has an effect on us and it has a pull on us. But uh, Jesus says in Isaiah um, that, Why are you spending your money on bread that does not satisfy? Uh, come to me and buy without money uh, food that really satisfies. Come to me, and then he says, and listen to my words. And so what we need Is it's the same thing that he says to Mary. She has chosen the one thing, to listen to my words and to stay at my feet. And so I think that actually spending time with him and listen to his words, uh, his words, they are bread. They satisfy us. They fill us up. It's not a theory like that we need to, to hear once more. We already know it. 
in our heads, but we need to eat it, we need to dwell in it, and then it fills us up. His presence, his word, spending time with him is the only thing that can actually change us. It's the only thing that can give us purpose and direction and happiness. Even in a time where I feel like it's um, it's becoming darker, it's a time where things are becoming more intense, challenges increase, uh, polarization between you know the different sides or it's uh, getting tougher and in that I just believe that we can't it it's not enough to have a theoretical relationship with our faith but we need to spend time with Jesus uh, who is the light and then we we become light we get light in our thinking in our being and hope and joy and purpose all those things yeah and when we love Jesus and know him we know what he wants us to do then we hear his small voice voice easier and because you're we are talking about one thing sitting at his feet but we are also talking about to be a missionary in this episode yeah so because this journey because you had this one thing two years ago and then you shared about two visions and then it was connected to the journey that is coming up now next year can you share a little bit more about your journey being a part of uh, returning to your soul when yeah because you knew about it uh, a long time but what was the reason you decided to join you already mentioned that it was connected so we understand but can you share a little bit more yeah yeah so it's you know some of the same people have been involved with uh, one thing and with this project and we were just deeply involved with uh, that project and then we uh, the Lord told us to go to Kenya to, or go to Africa. So we are, we have been there the last, this is our second year. And so in that sense, we were not like really uh, close to the same people in that way. Like we didn't talk every day, those things. But being there at one point last year, I felt uh, just uh, the whole subject of Israel coming really strongly back to my attention and like it was just you know about Israel and this was before uh, you know the the war that's going on but it was just really on my mind and then in that same period uh, I felt reminded to contact Jon Malvin who's part of leading this sh- uh, this um, project but I didn't do it because I felt like maybe it's <laughs> not God and then it will just make a mess uh, but then uh, he he contacted me and said that he had been really reminded uh, about me in mm. the same period. So we just felt like, okay, there is something uh, about this you know, connection. And we started to talk more. And then we uh, got more involved. And then we had also this summer, we've been having online prayer meetings a lot in the team. And uh, I just asked the Lord to speak to me in the prayer meeting and say like, you know, God, if you want me to be involved, like really involved then please you know speak to my heart so it's not just something I think maybe and then I felt like in the prayer meeting he was just really uh, drawing my attention to some specific things that is needed for this journey and the importance of the keel specifically um, the importance of you know yes we need to plan everything yes we need to have people on board the ship we need to uh, plan the journey but the most important thing will always be what is uh, unseen, what is in the hidden place, uh, spiritually speaking as well. Just you know what is happening in the in the unseen, 
uh, is more important because that will be the weight that kind of carries the whole the rest of the journey. So I felt this uh, just disturbing to focus on the keel, what is under the water or what is in the unseen, and be a part of carrying uh, the project in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you want the youth that will become a part of the journey to receive and give as they are joining? Yeah, that's that is so much. I'm so excited for young people to get on this trip and maybe maybe they come just wanting to be a part of a wonderful project on a sailing boat like going uh, on this incredible journey. But I'm hoping that they will also get a hold of God's vision both for a mission going out of of Norway and other nations as well that they will be grasped by his love for the nations as we go to several nations in Europe. I hope that they will be be grasped by the love of uh, God for Israel, for the special nation that uh, really the whole Bible comes from, that the gospel comes from, that Jesus is a part of as a Jew. I hope that they will get a new understanding and a new vision for all of these things and more. That's so good, because I know that... You know, we had this hand. A lot of youth are willing to go and lift their shoes. Um, and you mentioned earlier also that the, of, of this ropes that will hinder people to go out. Of you know, so can you share a little bit more about yourself, about how you have struggled with worries or struggle with things that can bind you to this world and your journey out to just follow God Yeah, as a missionary. Yeah, I think one of the most obvious challenges is uh, financial, that we can easily say, like, yes, I would go and I want to go. And then when it comes down to it, it's like, but I need the money for it or I have, you know, I have to have a job or I have to have a system. And that makes sense. That's uh, completely natural that we would think that way and for me God has really challenged me in the area of finances where you know beginning with resigning my job which was impossible to live in Oslo with three children and no income and 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 taking me on this journey of full trust in him that he is able to complete what he has started or to pay for what he has ordered and uh, I'm not recommending people to quit their jobs only if God says so don't do it for the sake of being radical. <laughs> so that's not my that's not my goal. But it's whatever it is that we need, uh, or that He points out in our lives, whatever it is that He calls us to, then let us do it. Then let let us trust Him fully, and He is able to completely do what He says. And so I think for me, the financial part has been like maybe the most obvious and specific thing that has been. Uh, a challenge that we com- uh, need to overcome again and again. And it's not like a one-time choice or a one-time challenge. It's, uh, w- you know, when the, when the challenge increases, he also wants to increase our faith. And that's a real, t- it's a real challenge. It's, it's a real journey with the Lord. And when it comes to that with finances, there's also something, if I can share also that, when it comes to the project. Because um, I really have also, uh, you know, I think received this faith from the Lord for finances when it comes to mission. Uh, 
And even though I encourage people to completely trust God, um, you know, even if they're on their own completely, I also believe that there is something about missions and finances that he wants to um, restore, maybe. And that is how um, how missions can be done, especially if there's like, you know, there are so many prophetic words and so many promises from the Lord about a huge uh, wave of young people going to the nations it's not just i i don't think it's just one or two you know but we believe that so many young people and all ages will go to the nations and or will you know give their yes and follow jesus and so maybe that needs to look a little bit different than right now where you have the huge mission organizations and it's kind of difficult to be a missionary to be accepted into a program and be sent out before in history missions it started you know a lot of times through a revival then you had people who wanted to go and then you had the grandmas who would knit the socks and they would sell it and then they would support financially they would say like yes if this young person says i have a calling to go to this nation we will make it happen we will get the money and then you had all these people who come together and support the missionary and I believe that this maybe is something that needs to happen again in a fresh way. Of course, the missionary sending organizations are amazing. But maybe also we need a fresh wave of just people who will say, yes, I will go. And also so many people who will say, okay, I will support. I will raise money for you. I will sell stuff and get it done so that finances will not be the issue. Young people who want to go, they want to say yes they will not be held back for the reason of finances. Yes. That's so good. And I was on on top of that, uh, I was also wondering, because sometimes when we hear testimonies about how God has also answered prayers or come through, uh, it builds faith in us. And for the young people listening here, you know, that really want to, because we talked with people that want to do the whole journey and it's not that easy to ask people, you know, <laughs> um, or to engage people in sowing into, even though it's like a mission project that is really on God's heart and they really feel like they should go. So maybe you can, can you share like some um, testimonies uh, from your life about how God has shown himself faithful with finances? Yes, so the last, uh, well, kind of starting to be some years now, we have so many testimonies uh, about finances. And before that time, I didn't have that. I I don't think I had any because I kind of didn't need it. So I think that's also a point where... You know, it's it's after you have stepped out that you get the testimonies. That that's the point where God will usually uh, <laughs> come in and give the answer. So you know, it wasn't before we actually moved in faith and obedience that we were desperate and needed <laughs> the answers, and they would come. I guess the n- the freshest one that I have is from this winter, just recently, where as for everyone, the the f- the financial situation is uh, getting harder. Uh, you know the loans uh, they become more expensive we have a loan in Norway and uh, things are just increasing and I was uh, we were already dependent depending on God like every week every month but then you kind of get to a level where you feel like well on this level he has 
he has rescued us so many times and I know that he will come through. And then at this moment, I would just see that this is a, a whole different level. This is impossible. Even though the other level was impossible, but then I was kind of getting used to how he would come through. And then on this level, I was like, I don't believe that he will, he can't, this, there is no solution for this. It was like, you know, way above. And I, would, I was just, I would say it to the Lord. I was freaking out. I was starting to think about all these solutions. Maybe we just have to do this. We have to do that. We will just have to pack up and go home and sell and everything. And, but it wasn't the things that God had called us to do. So it was just my solutions. And then I, I talked with a friend and she had just read this book of a missionary like 200 years ago. And it was just about the same, like financial situation was, in the loans were increasing. And he said that when the situation, I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like when the crisis increases, God wants us to increase our faith. And I knew that this was God's word to me. He was saying like, no, it's not all of those solutions that you have made for yourself. I want you to increase your faith. And I was like, but God, I don't have faith for this. I don't think you will do this. This is this is above. Yeah, I was just being honest with God and then also praying for him, like, but give me that faith. And, you know, we have been through some pretty big financial faith moments in the last few years, but I was, for some reason, I just hit the wall. And then I asked God to give me the faith. And then uh, that same month, uh, he did two different things. Uh, that was completely out of the blue, not at all the the same kind of things he would usually do or those people that he would remind or something like that. It was just something completely different from two different sites. And we were completely blessed and uh, everything was settled. And he just showed me that, uh, you know, the level of, you know, the, the amount of money doesn't really um, make a difference to him. If we're depending on him and believing him, yeah, it's you know we just increase our level of faith. Yes, that's maybe something um, you can encourage the you young people that actually have feel like God wants them to apply or no not that feels that God wants them to be a part of the ship, the journey. So yeah, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say that uh, if you said a lot like some yeah. moments ago. <laughs> I, I don't think that the money should be uh, the, the, the yes or no factor. So I think that if you, um, you feel a stirring, you feel a calling, you maybe God wants me on this journey or any, you know, any other choice that he puts in, in your life, if you feel like this is maybe God, then uh, you know, do I have the money or not? I don't think that's where it needs to be decided. So I would say there is the that he wants us to he wants to train us in trusting him. I also believe he wants to do things in the whole like how his kingdom works that maybe the the church in the in the big picture we need to to function more in accordance with how we're supposed to function with sending each other and there also specifically with this project I believe that it's really good that we have the system of and not just one person getting his own money, but for others to support. I think that's a part of God's kingdom ways. And so we will also try to help young people with just how they can get about with that. If they're not used to, like, how can we? How can I do that? We'll try to help them with how they can 
find uh, those supporters and how they can uh, see it happen in a in a practical way. Mm. And um, another thing I'm thinking about, maybe also some, because we are talking about being sent, and maybe some people have questions about how can I know that it's God that wants to send me on this trip? How can I discern if I should go or not? That's always a challenge to know uh, the the voice of God and the will of the Lord. And I believe that it's that I don't have, um, you know, these three points. Then you know it's God. I think it's a training. It's uh, growing into the relationship with God. Uh, also, there is the trust. I think it's important to know that He is able to um, get His will across to us. If we are trying to make a choice and we want to follow the Lord, but it's not the right choice. If he's like, no, 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 you're making a mistake, then he is able to get us back on track. The Bible says that you will hear a voice from behind you if you make a left or a right from the path that you're supposed to be on. You will hear a voice that says, no, this is the path. And so I believe that, uh, I mean, there's so many aspects to this whole hearing God's voice, but maybe to keep it simple that uh, we can you know be obedient to that small little part that we maybe think could be God and then if it's not if it's wrong he's able to get us back on track he's able to uh, you know save us from uh, when we have a sincere longing to follow him he's able to save us from making mistakes so maybe that's like the most a simple answer to that question mm. and also how Will you be sent on the ship? What will you do? Like on the ship, but also on the harbors. What is the actually our thing? What what actually are you a part of? Yeah, you mean for the people who yeah come for the on people the who come on the ship? Yeah. So uh, <coughs> practically mm. about what we'll do, there are so many things. But this ship is is a training ship for young sailors, and so the the the. Um, staff on the ship they know how to help us who are not experienced sailors to to learn and have different assignments on the boat like practically so we'll have four hours on duty and then we'll have one hour of prayer room duty where we join in the prayer room and pray our worship and then we'll have of course uh, free time (laughs) and we'll be able to enjoy just friendship and being on a sailing boat in the middle of the ocean um the different posts of what you can do on the ship is everything from like a uh, kitchen or even helping to steer the boat and to go and be on watch, be up in those tall, I don't know what they, they're called in English, and <laughs> so many different jobs. And then uh, we'll be separated into different teams. So you'll have like your own team that you work with and you'll get to know them really well and then you'll have time off and so much more. And then we, we come to the cities. There will be different things happening in each city. And it will be prepared uh, beforehand. But will the people on the ship will be a huge part of evangelizing, uh, praying in the cities, uh, having a worship evening or a meeting, and sharing the gospel. And we will also do some specific fun things in the different cities that um, has like a prophetic significance to that specific city. So there will be so many different things and we'll find a good 
spot for different people or you know maybe someone wants to just go prayer walk in the city maybe someone wants to go evangelize and we'll have different ways for for all of that sounds so fun yes it will be are you going to be there i will be there somehow i'm not sure exactly what it's going to look like for me and us as a family but i really want to be in all the cities if i can so i want to try to make that happen also really want to be in israel when we come there Is there something else in the end you want to say about to be a missionary or to be sent? Well, I I just want to encourage people to... I think this journey specifically will give a taste of mission. It will give a taste of uh, some some things that are on God's heart that even if you don't you don't quite get it now it's like i don't know exactly what this is about but i believe that just being on this trip will be life-changing it will be amazing for you know what you will learn for your experience for fun and friendship for so many reasons so i think it's going to be like the journey of a lifetime yes absolutely okay benedicta thank you so much for sharing with us this episode and uh, yeah the people that is listening and you feel it's stirring go into how can they apply or how can they sign up yeah i guess maybe go to our social media you can always connect with us dm us but also go to returning to yourself with a number two in there dot com and uh, everything is on there yes have a blessed day bye bye bye